Two university students take on the world of sports. Only this time, we're doing it our way. Will we make it? Who knows? Follow us on the road from CAGS to Ridges. This is unacceptable. Konnichiwa, you magnificent people. We're not Japanese, but we come in basically international right now. Welcome back to episode uno, dos, tres. I don't know why I said it so damn weird. Episode three of the Cags to Riches podcast. I'm the coach, Coach Q, joined today by Kaylin. I'm still relatively new to football. Roberts, how you doing today, Kagi boy? I, you know, we're just vibing, you know, woke up, did some cleaning, and now we're hopping on the pod to make another banger episode for you guys to listen to. Yeah, so guys, obviously, if you somehow sat through the last episode, which was like a solid hour and 40 minutes, first of all, a lot of respect going your way because that's a long-ass podcast. That was a very, very long episode. However, we've decided we're going to try to make these a bit shorter, at least of less topics. That way, more people can be more inclined to listen to it all, get some more viewers, if you're listening to this and you're not sharing it with your friends, are you really a homie to the Cags to Riches podcast? I don't think they are, honestly. Kaylin. No, 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 they ain't. They ain't. A they homie. ain't. But today, the reason why I pointed out that Kalen is still new to football is because we're gonna put his upcoming knowledge in the draft to the test. We're doing our own 2021 NFL mock draft. The date is April 28th, 2021. The draft is tomorrow. And we're going to, I'm going to go over just a basic ground rules, so to say for this at the moment. And no mentioning of any organizations of any sort. Oh, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) It's an inside joke. Uh, We don't have to get into it, but those of you who know about the organization, you know, damn well. Shout out Casey Dobson. Shout Shout out Casey. Shout out Alex. Shout out Dalton. Y'all know what we talking about, but yeah. Um, How Alex knows he was editing it, bro. (laughs) Hold on. Pause. I accidentally hit mute. <laughs> Can't wait to edit this out because <laughs> it's just silence for five seconds. <laughs> oh my god! All right, let's go. Let's go. All right, so moving on to it. Basically speaking, the one thing that for sure is in this draft. Obviously, we're not talking any organizations, any of that aspect. However. Because we don't know the unpredictability of the draft, we're going to do what is at least what we can do in a predictability sense. We're not going to be predicting any trades now. Just to put out there, Falcons are planning on potentially moving down from four. Earlier today, Teddy Bridgewater got shipped to Denver, so we might see pick number nine get shipped. The Lions, the Panthers have been in heavy trade talks, and the Titans are also looking to trade down while the Patriots are looking to trade up. Putting it basically into those words, there are a lot of things that could be happening on draft day. So this will, if somehow turns out to be 100% correct, we deserve jobs in the NFL. However, it probably will not happen because the draft is a crapshoot. It doesn't matter who is the highly touted one, who the team needs or anything. It doesn't matter what sport it is. Kayla and I both know any draft is a crapshoot. You don't know what you're going to get. Whoa, whoa, hold on. Time out. I'm looking at the PFF mock draft simulator here. And yeah. so number three, San Fran. It's, uh, does it say H- need, HST? Their needs. No, well, it does say HST, That's but Houston. their needs. I know. 
their needs. <laughs> Quarterback, wide oh. receiver, cornerback, safety, tight end. <laughs> what do you mean you need a tight end? You have George fucking Kittle. <laughs> it's PFF. They they give up like some pretty bullshit grades or everything, you know. Um, but yeah. We'll be releasing our mock draft the day of the draft after this goes live so people can listen to our reasonings and maybe our just stupid logic behind it all, right? And we'll see how it turns out. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you're gonna, I'm going to Google something real quick, and this is for a reason. Who had the fastest 40 time 2021 <laughs> combine? Oh, my God. Why do I say this? You'll see, you'll see when it ends up coming, um, when, it's, when, it, when it starts coming up. So let's start this draft. Kalen, you have limited football knowledge, but this is going to be the easiest pick of your goddamn life. Who's going first overall? With the first overall pick in the 2021 NH- NFL draft. Not NHL. <laughs> NHL draft. <laughs> in, the, in the 2021 NFL draft. The Jacksonville Jaguars select Penny Sewell out of Oregon. What? I'm kidding. No, they're taking they're taking Trevor Lawrence. The, the, come on. Yeah, that, come that's on. one of the most gimme picks of this entire draft. Trevor Lawrence, yeah. I think, is the least hyped up number one prospect we've had in a while. But the, I think the only reason why is because he's been expected to go first overall for so goddamn long that it's like, really? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like he, he's been touted to go first overall for so goddamn long that we just kind of expect it. We know how good Trevor Lawrence is. He's going first overall to Jacksonville. I'm pretty sure he already bought a house. He's just gotten married. Jacksonville can't exactly pay him or settle the contract beforehand, but they can definitely give him a nice amount of wedding gifts uh, <laughs> because he just recently got married. Trevor Lawrence, if for whatever reason on God's earth, you're listening to this. Uh, I wish you and your wife a very, very happy marriage. You probably are not listening to this, but hey, I wanted to put it out there because respect. You're going to Jacksonville, so your career might die. I just want to make sure that I'm very happy that you got married because in the end, Jacksonville, it isn't exactly a football city, if I'm going to be honest. Of course, I'm biased, but. Good guy, Coach Q out here. Good guy, Coach Q. So Trevor Lawrence headed to Jacksonville. Who is headed to New York Jets. I'm going to give you this one as well because this one's also been a bit of a gimme. Um, See, so far. I know it's a gimme, but I, I don't agree with it. But Zach Wilson is going to be taken to the Jets from BYU. You want to elaborate why you don't agree with it? So playing at BYU in his, in his season this past year, he only played against two teams that were ranked. And he lost to one of them. If you're not playing the best of the best, your stats are going to look so overinflated. It's not even funny. So to try and like argue that this guy with roughly 3,600 passing yards and I think it was what, 12 games, he, yeah. like to argue that he's a second overall pick with like playing against nobodies, I, I just don't see it. I wouldn't take him second personally, but I guess that's probably why I'm not in the NFL. I mean, one thing that's a point, you obviously bring up the valid points like he didn't face the best of competition. Obviously, that's a point that a lot of people have brought up on Zach Wilson because let's be real, Zach Wilson, BYU, 
not exactly a football school, so to say, you know, they're roughly a basketball school, kind of. They're not really a sports school as a whole. They're a Mormon church school. That's what they are. And they're producing a guy who's proud to go top five, top three. He's going second to the Jets, basically, it seems. Zach Wilson, I absolutely love the kid. I think he's a very, very talented player. Uh, he has an amazing arm. He has good footwork. But what I love the most about him is compared to most of the QBs in this draft, he's proven that he's a film junkie. He sits down, he analyzes film. He, re- he was able to read defenses. I feel like he's the Joe Burrow in a sense of this draft. Not like they have different talent ranges, so to say, because Zach Wilson, I believe he's a faster player and I believe he has a stronger arm than Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, I think, is a more football savvy player. But if you want to compare their careers in university, they're guys that both sat down and looked at the film for hours upon hours. And we saw in their senior year, the game that they that BYU did lose to the ranked team, they played two ranked teams. They lost to one of them. Granted, they did lose in that game. However, if you saw it, it was not through the fault of Zach Wilson. He had an absolutely great game. He was practically impeccable this season. He was in Heisman talks as a player of Brigham Young University. Like he, he was, he was exceptional this past year. The question does become, is he a one-year wonder in university or, or is this legit? And those same arguments were being made for Joe Burrow, but I have absolutely no doubt in my mind that Zach Wilson goes to here to the Jets. And I think it's going to be a good move. Now, Oh, we move to that controversial San Francisco uh, pick. Julian's least favorite pick uh, in the entire draft. You see. Hold on. I'm I'm doing my draft on PFF because I'm not super versed, so I need to scroll all the way down to Mac Jones here. <laughs> Ranked 14th, and he's going to go third overall. Uh, so to talk about it, who would I take here? I would take one of Justin Fields or Trey Lance. Granted, 49ers have said they're looking into Mac Jones or Trey Lance. Those are the two options that they're leaning, you know. If I was the GM of the San Francisco 49ers, I would take Justin Fields. He was touted to go second overall. There were talks of him. Maybe people who were saying he would go first overall were delusional. But literally earlier this offseason, they were talking about him going first overall. And recently, I just saw one of the dumbest mocks I've ever seen in my goddamn life. Ever. The dumbest thing I've seen in my life. Some idiot went out there and said that Justin Fields was falling to 32 for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I thought oh that was God. the dumbest thing I'd ever seen in my life. So I'm not even Bro, saying you won't name. make it out of the top 10. If he gets the 10th pick, I'll be shocked. I think he might slide out of the top 10, but that only depends on if trading. It, no, it all comes down to the Falcons at four and then the picks from seven to nine. Because Seven is the Lions. They have Goff. They're not going to trade for a QB. Like, they could get a new QB. Obviously, they can. Uh, but first of all, it's the city of Detroit, and they have so many more problems outside of QB. Goff is solid for them for now, you know? He's not, he's not the best. Is ever solid for anybody? He was solid for the Rams. He's a, he's a solid QB. Don't get me wrong. But, like, he's, you know, he's mid. Like he, he's a starting caliber QB, but he isn't one to win – the Super Bowl, you know. So what's best for the Lions, in my opinion, is draft around Jack uh <laughs> Jack Goff. Low Jared Goff. It's best for you to like draft around him, or at least the spots around him, and then bring in a young QB once you have everything set up so that QB has options, has protection, has a solid defense. Is the city of Detroit? They might pick a QB because they're stupid, but who knows, you know? Then after that, Panthers traded for Sam Darnold. Right after that, I don't 
I think the Broncos will take a QB in this draft, but they're going to take a Davis Mills or a Jamie Newman in like the third round, fourth round, because why would you take a Justin Fields when you already have two starting caliber QBs duking it out during preseason in uh, Teddy Bridgewater, who they just traded for, and Drew Locke, right? They'll be stupid. So I think they're also going to go somewhere that's not QB. Cowboys don't need a QB. They have Dak. Giants don't need a QB. They are the Giants. So what I think might happen is if the Lions, Panthers, and Broncos don't trade, I know for a fact the Cowboys won't trade, the Giants might. So 11 might be the latest spot we see Justin Fields go to. But it's very possible that the Patriots move up to four to potentially get Kyle Pitts or one of Justin Fields or Trey Lance at four. It's possible, but we're not 100% certain. Um, I think Fields ends up going around seven, around eight if someone trades up. But we're not predicting trades. We're predicting what goes here. And if I were the 49ers, I would take Justin Fields. But sadly, the 49ers have a brain made out of string cheese. And Hey, don't disrespect this string cheese. You keep disrespecting my cheese. You can't be doing that, dog. <laughs> Um, they're, they're planning on taking Mac Jones. It seems between Mac Jones and Trey Lance, I'm way higher up on Trey Lance than I am on, um, on Mac Jones. Let me look up the filter real quick. What does PFF have Trey Lance? They have Trey Lance at 10 and they have Mac Jones at 14 in general. So kind of stupid. You ask me, but it is what it is. They're the 49ers. They're going to be taking uh mac jones for sure most certain of it what do you think it has to be mac jones just like they've been so high on him for so long none of us know why no one like no one no one knows what's going on in the mind of kyle shanahan and the 49ers front office It's it's weird because it's so weird He's not like Zach Wilson, who had an absolutely insane pro day. He had a pretty average pro day. And before the pro days and all the talks and everything, he was touted to go mid-first round. Like people were saying, he's probably going to fall to the Patriots at 15. He's going to fall to the Bears at 20. There were a lot of people talking about it that way for Mac Jones, right? But that's the weird part about it, you know? Like how do you jump up from a mid-first round pick to a top three pick out of nowhere? Like I found that very weird. Like – the Justin Fields slide confuses me, but I can kind of get it. But to take Mac Jones, even after the Justin Fields slide, take Mac Jones over Justin Fields in a month where none of them played football. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen, but Kayla and I agree. The 49ers are taking quarterback Mac Jones out of the University of Alabama. Pick number four. This is a hot spot for trades. Patriots have been inquiring. Recently, this, this has been interesting. It came out of the Titans camp this morning. Obviously, I'm a delusional Titans fan, so to say. Ooh, wow. Um, <laughs> although Kayla knows, I'm pretty planted usually with most of my takes. but Most of the time. Yeah. This is not a take of mine. This is based off of some rumors, and it's rumors that I think are a bit over the top. There's some parts of it that I can see being true, but most of it seems very stupid. There's rumors at the fort that the Atlanta Falcons are looking to trade Julio Jones out of Atlanta. It's been in talks. The Titans are interested because we need wide receiver help. In my head, that's a no-brainer. Julio Jones and A.J. Brown would be an amazing pair. However, there are Titans fans out there that are saying the Titans are in talks with the Atlanta Falcons to trade their first rounder this year, their first rounder next year, and then like a second and a third in next year's draft and a third in this year's draft, something something crazy like that. 
to trade up to four and get Julio Jones. And to those Titans fans, I'm saying, guys, I know we dream on winning a Super Bowl. I know what you mean. Every, we're, we're in championship window, so to say, kind of for the Titans. Like we're towards the closing end of that window. We're, there's, no, there's no way Atlanta does that trade without taking A.J. Brown in that deal or something of the sort. Like I would love to. If I wake up tomorrow morning and it's like Titans have traded for pick four and get Julio Jones and we just give up draft capital for it and that's it. I would be stoked. I would be, I would, I would, I would buy a Julio Jones jersey immediately and like start claiming that we won the Super Bowl. But that's unlikely. The Titans are either gonna A trade up. Here walks in Patrick Mahomes. Ha ha ha. No, that's not gonna happen. I know. But I'm just saying, like, you know what I mean? That's just how how Titans fans have been setting it up. But I feel like if the Titans even try to trade with the Falcons, they're either trading for Julio Jones or trading for four. They're not trading for both. There's no way they can get both without sacrificing one of the key and, and parts. And I don't core. think they're going to trade up. They've been talking about even trading down. Exactly. So that's that's another reason it, why. Like, why are they going to try and trade up even if they don't want to trade that pick? It's, it's, exactly. It's just weird. One person that has been, one team, not person. Well, person because they are the Sith Lord of the NFL. Um, Bill Belichick has been talking a lot. William Welichek. William Welichek. William Belichick. Um, the Patriots have been in talks of moving up to pick four with the Falcons. That's looking very, very likely. We might wake up tomorrow to news or on draft day to news that the 40, that the not the 49ers, the Falcons have traded pick four to the Patriots. That looks like the most likely location if they do trade this pick. But we're not doing trades here. We're doing straight up talent. Who's going where? Kalen, who do you think's going to Atlanta? I already know who I got, but I want to I want to ask you first. The unicorn, Kyle Pitts. He, I think there's no way that Kyle Pitts is falling out of the top five. Matty Ice is still a decent quarterback, giving him another op- going to be a deadly option. One of the best tight ends ever coming out of Florida. I'd say the second most dangerous, but well, that's just my opinion. And so then. Yeah, it has to be Kyle Pitts, the unicorn himself. That's why Belichick wants to trade up. That's why any team wants that spot. So the Titans so, are talking about trading up. They're like, we're trading up to four just so we can maybe get Kyle Pitts. Those have been the very small rumors. But again, I'm a Titans fan. I'm talking out of my ass sometimes. There's no way we trade up. To, if we trade up to four, I'll be very happy. But we're not trading up in this draft. It's most likely we trade out of the first round for future picks. Uh, that's what seems yeah. likely. Or f- trade away 22 and a future pick for Julio Jones. Like those are the talks that have been going on in Titans camp that seem realistic, not like these delusional guys that are saying we're going to get four and Julio. There's no way. But yeah, I no, agree. Kyle Pitts can't. is headed to Atlanta. Um, Kyle Pitts is one of the best tight ends ever. Like he's powder to go really high. I think the, like the last tight end I know that went really high was TJ Hawkinson two years ago. And TJ Hawkinson was an, he's an amazing tight end. Sadly, he's suffering away and withering away in Detroit. But he's a good option for Jared Goff when he goes next season in Detroit. He's going to be a good option, going to be a good red zone target. TJ Hawkinson is going to be a great selection. Uh, who's the guy that the Broncos drafted as well uh, in that no same fan. draft? Noah Fant. Noah Fant's also a good tight end. Very, very quality. Um, but none of them compared to the hype and the absolute insane metrics that Kyle Pitts is bringing to the NFL. Uh, I think he'll be like the second highest drafted tight end ever. I don't know if any tight end's been taken this high. They might have been. Yeah, I was looking this up the other day. Hold on. I'm going to look it up again just to right. try and be but accurate. Yeah, Kyle Pitts is 
He's a unicorn, as Kalen said. A lot of people say if you don't have a Kyle Pitts type of player on defense, you're not covering him on offense. Uh, there's been several NFL coaches, scouts, analysts. People have been saying, "Hey, make sure you put over. make sure you uh, put Casey Dobson in your bibliography there for your, for your oh, yeah. quote." <laughs> Casey, Casey loves this guy. She, I'm pretty sure she set up a whole like circle of candles. <laughs> with like a photo of Kyle Pitts in the middle next to a Patriots logo. Like, please trade up to four, take Kyle Pitts. That would be an amazing move for them. Uh, and I know a lot of people are saying, oh, but they picked the tight ends in the offseason. They did. They picked up John o. Smith. They picked up Hunter Henry. But Kyle Pitts is a unicorn because he could play wide receiver. He's just that good. That's just how it seems. Atlanta in this no trade mock. No brainer. They're taking Kyle Pitts. And now we have the first so to say controversial spot like the 49ers one is controversial because there's splits on the prospects some saying justin field some saying trey lance some saying mac jones but the signs are leading to mac jones bengals two players for the bengals that are on the board right now that they're looking to potentially take kalen who do you think the bengals are taking at five Honestly, I think they might just be stupid enough to take Jamar Chase, even after their quarterback literally got murdered this season and his knee is fucked. I think they might just be stupid enough to take Jamar Chase. But if I was Bengals office, they have to take Penny Sewell and that's who I'm going to go with. Yeah, I'm going to go with Penny Sewell here. I think the Bengals are going to have a change of heart last minute and go offensive line. Well, the rumblings have been talking about Jamar Chase becoming the wide receiver for the Bengals. And all I have to say for you right now, Bengals fans, if you take Penny Sewell, if you take, if you take Jamar Chase, is this. Your quarterback won't be able to hit Jamar Chase on the throws when he can't even throw the ball because he's getting clobbered in the backfield. Penny Sewell is one of the greatest offensive tackles that we've seen in a while. He won the Outland Award, the Outland Trophy in 2019. Um, he didn't play in 2020, so a lot of people are concerned about that. Like, oh, because he didn't play in 2020, should he go this high? Is he football ready? With the way that Justin Herbert still talks about him, with the way that he protected Justin Herbert at Oregon, and the fact that he's so big and strong and everything, Penny Sewell going to the Bengals would be an amazing fit, and I think he would be able to cover Joe Burrow's blind side really damn well in Cincinnati. So Kayla and I are both in agreement. Penny Sewell should be the pick. It might be Jamar Chase on draft day. We're going to put that out there, but we think Penny Sewell would be the smart selection for the Cincinnati Bengals. Now the team that's basically been controlling the draft this entire offseason and the team that looks to continue controlling the draft, especially with their second first round pick in the draft. The Miami Dolphins are picking at six. They originally were at three. They traded down to 12 and then they traded up to six again. So, Kalen, who do you think the Dolphins are going to be taking at six? This is where Jamar Chase goes. He's going to fall right into the lap of the Dolphins. They would obviously love if Kyle Pitts fell to them because that would be a deadly offense, but they're obviously going to be taking Jamar Chase. Yeah, I think Jamar Chase here is the obvious selection. Um, now, don't get me wrong. Um, obviously, there are other great wide receivers here, but as a very wise Dolphins fan known as Alex Baumgartner once said, he said that the Dolphins will, I don't know if, he, I don't know if he said it or if Tyler said it. One of them said it. One of the Dolphins fans in the intermission sports football chat said that the Dolphins would be absolute idiots if they didn't take Sewell, Chase, or Pitts, depending on which one's on the board. 
they said like the Dolphins would be stupid. Now, obviously, Devonta Smith would be a great option. I'm very high on Devonta Smith, as you know, Kalen. Jalen Waddle has been spoken about maybe going to the Dolphins, but all signs are showing they're going to pick up Jamar Chase. Um, I agree with you in that sense. Jamar Chase is headed to Miami. You can find me in Miami. Yeah, that's where they're going to find him. Uh, Jamar Chase provides a good option for Tua Tagovailoa. Um, they're also getting a year of Will Fuller, who's a good wide receiver. And they have uh, Mike, the sick man, Gesicki, playing tight end. That's also a very, very good player. They're going to have a solid offense. Let's see if Tua can actually hit his targets this time or if maybe the problem is actually hit. Uh, we'll see how that ends up turning out. This is a post reaction trigger warning for you Dolphins fans especially Alex Baumgartner there was more to a slander here just so you guys are careful <laughs> you say that after I slander him I'm pretty sure they heard it well I didn't know you were going to slander him so I put a post trigger trigger warning <laughs> oh that's hilarious man anyway right, Jamar got- Chase is headed to Miami here 100 pick six we got the Detroit Lions up next. What this way do you is, think the Lions are going? I think this is the first pick where it's questionable if they even pick or who, they'll who take. they pick. You see, I, I heard it on a podcast the other day. The funny thing about the Detroit Lions is that they're the complete opposite of what historically teams do in their position. Usually when a team doesn't know what they're going to do, they take the best available player on the board, and that's that. The Lions don't know what they're going to do, so they're looking to trade down to get more picks to cover more of their needs, which are a lot. Wide receiver, defensive interior lineman, edge rusher, linebacker, cornerbacks, any position that plays in the secondary or just in the defensive side of the football, yeah. the Lions need help. <laughs> With that being said, I'm, even though he has been said to have behavior problems, to maybe yeah. be a problem for yeah. teams in the locker room. 100%. Is there anything more Detroit Lions-like than to draft a player who played for the Nittany Lions in university? I have the Detroit Lions taking Micah Parsons. They need a linebacker. They need an electric guy. And Micah Parsons, talk all you want about his behavior – I think he's an explosive linebacker who can definitely cause damage for the Lions. Now, Parsons have been told that he'll probably slide in this draft. It's been spoken to, it's been alluded to because of those behavior problems. That's also been taken into consideration trades for pick seven, eight, nine. Those have been the trades that have been coming in. If no one's trading anything, I'm almost certain Micah Parsons will finally give Detroit a solid linebacker that they haven't had for arguably the last 50 years, it seems, or something. It's been a while. Uh, what do you think, Kalen? Yeah, Mar- Micah Parsons, I think, here. I mean, they lost Kenny Galladay, so they might try and target a receiver, but I think their defense is their biggest problem instead of looking, trying to fix the offense and just go another almost 500 season in that NFC North. I think Micah Parsons isn't going to be the answer to all their problems, but he's definitely going to be a good solution to help try and stop the bleeding that they're having. Yeah. The Lions need a culture shock. Having a player who people say is a locker room cancer or anything because of the system that they're running in Penn State. A lot of people said similar things to Justin Herbert. He's now a leader in the Chargers camp. Micah Parsons could be the two, the two, the dude to just shift the entire Enough Detroit. with the two, dude. Enough with the two, dude. Uh, 
I think Micah Parsons could be the solution, so to say, um, to helping out some of that locker room culture, establish a culture, since he's such a hard-headed guy, especially when it comes to personality. I love Micah Parsons in the sense that he's a no-nonsense type of guy, goes at his own team. Sure, that can be seen as a negative, but we've seen it. All the best championship-caliber teams have a guy like that. Micah Parsons is headed to Detroit. I pray for him and his family because that's not exactly the best city you want to be in, but he's going to be a good addition for them. We're headed to pick eight. The Panthers with the Panthers and Broncos. This is the funniest thing I've seen here. The Panthers traded for a QB almost a month ago, and PFF still says they need a, key, uh, a need at QB. They still okay, need a QB. but it's Sam Darnold. Come on. But still, it's, like it's still with funny. the quarterbacks that are still on the board at this point. I'm not surprised if they take a quarterback at all. No, they're not taking a quarterback. They're taking a cornerback. I have them taking uh, Patrick Sertain, Sertain, the second here. Best corner on the board, absolute stud from the University of Alabama. I have him going to the Panthers here at eight. He helps shore up that defense. They've needed help. He helps, I believe his name is Devonta Jackson. Is it Devonta Jackson? Jackson. I'm almost certain it's Devonta Jackson. Dante Jackson. Close enough. I was very close there. Uh, there's so many players with the last name Jackson, I honestly forget. <laughs> um, but I think they're going to take Patrick Sertain the second to partner him, Casey Dobson, also very high on Patrick Sertain. Shout out, Casey. We'll have her on this podcast eventually. Um, she's very, very knowledgeable on this football thing. Um, but, yeah, I have, him, I have him going to the Panthers here, a class player. He He's a great prospect, honestly. And, yeah, they're going to give Sam Darnold a chance, right? What they could do, they can do one of two things. They can go with Patrick Sertain or they can pick up another offensive option, whether it be Wet, uh, Waddle or Devonta Smith to give Darnold another option, but they have solid receiver help in Carolina. Plus they have CMC. What they need is to shore up that secondary a little, and they'll have an absolute beastly defense. They proved it last year with Jeremy Chin, that the secondary is almost complete. They're missing that one more piece. I think it's Patrick Sertain. Sertain the second. I keep butchering his name for some reason, but Patrick Sertain the second. I'm going here at eight. Kaylin, what do you think? Uh, honestly, I don't know because you like, Sure, you, you traded for Sam Darnold and giving him a shot would be great. But you also have Justin Fields. I've been super high on Justin Fields for a long time now. And I honestly think that this is the move for the Panthers right here at pick eight is picking up Justin Fields because once again, it's Sam fucking Darnold. They went one in 15. Sorry, two and 14 or one in 15? Two and 14. Two and fourteen, my bad. They went two and fourteen. Like no, granted, I mean, yeah, he was on a Jets team that had no, but little also to granted, no help. But also granted, uh, he missed a large portion of the year. Uh, I believe, and my had, boy Joe Flacco came in there and did his job for him. No, because both wins were still under Darnold. <laughs> I know. So Sam Darnold technically was like two and eight, which isn't exactly the best. But again, the Jets lacked talent and. Most of the games that they end up losing with Sam Darnold on their center, including that heartbreaking defensive lapse oh my God, against zero, the Raiders. Zero coverage blitz. Zero oh my coverage God. blitz with no time left in a clear <laughs> Hail Mary shot. I don't know what they were thinking. Um, that was one of the losses that Sam Darnold had to endure. So Darnold wasn't Well, actually, player. I'm kind of glad that they lost that game because you think about it, Miami might have had the two pick, the second pick, because Houston was – three and 13 i think weren't they 
Yeah, but I think the Jets had uh, less high-caliber wins, so to say, I believe. Something of the sort. Yeah, I don't the difficulty of schedule, yeah, I'm not sure. But it could have given the Dolphins the second overall pick, and I wouldn't have been happy. <laughs> I wasn't happy that they got the third, or the 12th, <laughs> or the 6th, for that matter. So... Oh yeah, at but yeah, eight. the move here is field. Justin Fields. You think it's gonna be Fields? You think they're gonna draft I think Fields so. here? Honestly, I don't think they're gonna pick. I think they're gonna trade it away. Yeah, me but, too. I think they're gonna trade it, but but we're not doing trades. So I think here Justin Fields is the move. Such a highly touted quarterback coming out of Ohio State. No, I'm still I'm still there for Patrick Sertain the second man. Like he's. He's amazing, and he fits that corner need. I feel like the Panthers, especially this year, they're telling Darnold, you have one year. This is your chance. Prove to us that we deserve to sign you long-term or just to keep you here around, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be this year. I don't have them taking Justin Fields. I see him maybe taking a QB later on in the draft or maybe getting a QB in the first round the next year. I can see them taking a Kellen Mond later in the draft. See, I mean, like, sure, you could go that route. But when you have the five quarterbacks that are all – no, they're going in the first round in Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, and Justin Fields, all of them except for Mac Jones and maybe Zach Wilson are super high-caliber quarterbacks coming out of college that are going to be able to come into the league and do some damage. I yeah. just – with that opportunity in the eighth overall pick, I don't see them passing up on the opportunity to have Justin Fields, who slipped from potentially going as the second overall pick earlier this offseason, falling down to eight. I just don't see that happening. That's fair. Um, that's an obvious point that can be made in that aspect. Mm, I don't know. I'm looking to like, I, I want to fight you more on it, but it, it makes sense. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. Basically, they'll be going that sense. They'll probably be um, – the, the Panthers will probably trade this pick away. And I think whoever trades up here, they'll, they would take Justin Fields. Mm, do they? Uh, you know what? Yeah, we're going to put Justin Fields coming off the board here to the Panthers. Um, well, no, you have Patrick Sertain. I have Justin Fields. Yes, um, but I'm going to put here on the PFF. If you want, you can be making your own mock on this as we talk. And we can post who had the better mock or whatever on Twitter or on Instagram, you know? Yeah, yeah. We can post each of our mocks and be like, who do you think had a better draft? This, 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 is, the, this is the first pick that we're actually disagreeing on. Yes, it is. Um, so, yeah. So, you're, you're taking Justin Fields here at eight. Yeah. Already I'm drafted taking him. Patrick Sertain from the University of Alabama. Now we have the Panthers on the clock. Not the Panthers, the, the Broncos. Broncos. Denver Broncos on the clock. End of the top 10 here. <sighs> See, this is where I think Justin Fields comes off the board. Now, unlike the Panthers, they already traded for, for Teddy Bridgewater and they have Drew Locke, so they're probably going to have a QB competition. I think they're going to take Justin Fields here, and he's for sure going to be a backup or starting option here. And they're gonna yeah. let they're gonna let either Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater duke it out for who's the starter spot, and the loser of those two gets shipped off for a potential pick from a team like the Chicago Bears. I See, think 
Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Bears straight up to this pick or the Panthers pick or even the Lions pick, seven through nine, to come up and get a quarterback that isn't named Andy Dalton, that isn't named Mitchell Trubisky, and hope, the they, Red can reverse, Rifle. And hope that they can reverse their luck in drafting quarterbacks after passing on Patrick Mahomes. So, yeah. I have Justin Fields coming off the board here to Denver. I just think it makes the most sense for them. Obviously, I would not be surprised. And honestly, I don't fully, I'm not fully on board of them taking Justin Fields here. I think they will take a different player. They'll go a different direction at this selection. I can see him taking a Rashawn Slater. I can see him taking a Christian Barmore here because it helps their defensive line or it helps their offensive line, which are two positions of need for them. Mm, sorry about that. It's a position of need for them. But in real life, I, I, a part of me is telling me Justin Fields going to Denver. Who's going to Denver for you, Kalen? Since you already Slater. have Justin Fields. Rashawn Slater. You have Rashawn Slater coming off yeah, the board here. Yeah, 100%. They need a tackle. and They're going to have Teddy Bridgewater, who has been known to have injuries, and Drew Locke, who also had a couple injuries last year. If you're going to have them duking it out in a quarterback battle, then you're going to need a good offensive line, especially the way that Teddy Bridgewater loves to play. And with how fast that Rashawn Slater is, he ran a 4.8840 at his pro day as a lineman. That is like unheard of. The dude is fast. He's agile. He's able to move and he's going to be able to hold the pocket and protect either quarterback that's playing for him on either day. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you in that sense. Like it makes sense and it seems like that's the way it's going to go. So now we hop to the Cowboys. They're routing on the top 10 picks of this draft, basically making us one third of the way through. Um, I'm going to ask you first, who are the Cowboys taking here at 10? See, I think this is where Patrick Sertain goes. I think that the Dallas Cowboys really have not had one of those shutdown cornerbacks for at least a little while now. And I think that would go a long way to helping their defense because when you look at their offense, it's relatively good. I mean, when you have Dak healthy, when you have Zeke healthy, you have CD lamb, Amari Cooper, like you have a bunch of good threats on offense and their O line is one of the better ones in the league. So I think that's going to have to be a defensive pick here, whether it's an edge rusher or it's a cornerback, I, but I think it has to be a cornerback right now. And Patrick Sertain is coming off the board at number 10. Well, here's where I have Rashawn Slater coming off the board. And the reason why I think Rashawn Slater comes off the board here. You already said he's a very fast lineman. He's agile and everything. But the Cowboys offensive line has been getting injured. It's been falling apart. It's been getting older. We saw it last year. Dak Prescott got absolutely mutilated last year. Had to miss the rest of the season. And they had to trust the red rifle under center. Um, Zeke Elliott, ever since the offensive line started falling apart, has had a bit of a fumbling problem, so to say. So I feel like Rashawn Slater is the pick here for the Callis the Callus Dowboys. Is that what I was going to say? The Callus Dowboys. The Callus Dowboys. I have the Dallas Cowboys taking Rashawn Slater at 10. I think it makes the most sense, especially when it comes to protecting the line. We're headed to we're headed to New York. The Giants. They're picking here. Who are the Giants going to take here? You see, a lot I, of people. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Julie. Yeah, I was. See, the thing is, I was I was also very on board with the Cowboys taking a corner. If they get Sertain to fall to them to 10, I have them taking Sertain, honestly. But in this situation, I don't have them having Patrick Sertain fall. So they take Rashawn Slater. The Giants need offensive line. But the question is, do they reach for Christian Derrissaw? Do they reach for Derrissaw or do they look for someone else to fill in the gap? 
Elijah Vera Tucker has been spoken about, but one of their glaring needs has been on defense, edge rusher. And I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it. Quiddy Pay is one of the most explosive edge rushers in this draft. He has some solid IQ and he's going to bring potential horrifying speed to the edge rush for the Giants that they probably haven't seen since the days that they had Michael Strahan and before that when they had LT, that Lawrence, Taylor. I have them taking Quiddy Pay. I think that's the best option for them. I think that's the way they're going to go. They're going to take Quiddy Pay here at 11. Who do you I think also, they're drafting at 11? I also have them taking an edge rusher, but it is not Quiddy Pay. Ooh. This is the 37th ranked prospect. I already know who this is. Coming out of the University of Miami, Gregory Russo. Dude's a beast. He opted out for the 2020 season. That's probably why his draft stock has fallen a little bit. But if you look at his 2019 stats, I think he had 54 total tackles, 15 and a half sacks, 19 and a half tackles for loss. The only other person in that year, in 2019, to have more tack more sacks than him was defensive rookie of the year chase young and he had 16 and a half so he's in really good company and i'm really excited to see what gregory russo can do and i hope he doesn't fall i saw a mock draft where he's going to go 32nd to uh, the buccaneers and i would probably cry if that happened because i hate the buccaneers <laughs> But Gregory Russo, I think I've been I've been toting on him for a little while, basically since the end of the season, watching him film. I was writing an article about him. So yeah, Gregory Russo is the answer here for the New York Giants. Yeah, that that seems like the way that they might. I mean, I like I said, I haven't gone, I haven't gone Quiddy Pay. He's been the one talked about here for sure. So obviously it ends up coming out to that aspect. So I have Quiddy Pay. He uh Kalen has Gregory Russo. Now we're headed to the land of Dalton Rice, um, Philadelphia. The question, the main question that they have here is, are they going QB or are they going weapon for Jalen Hurts? That's the main look for precaution here. In my opinion, my very humble opinion, I don't know why. Like, here's the thing. Again, with the team's trading up, I have Devonta Smith going higher. I think a team's going to trade up for Devonta Smith. But I think the Eagles, because they're so in love with Twitch, with the offensive speed and all of that, that's what they want to add. I have the Eagles taking Jalen Waddle, which means Devonta Smith is still sliding. He, I don't think he's going to slide in real life. I think, it, again, a team's going to trade up to get Devonta Smith. But I'm almost certain that Jalen Waddle will come off the board before him in this hypothetical situation. I have Jalen Waddle headed to Philadelphia. What about you? Um, I think this is going to be Devonta Smith coming up off the board, the other Bama receiver in this draft, um, solely for the fact, because you look at the Cowboys, I have them drafting Sertain, and then the Giants, who also picked ahead of them, drafting an edge rusher. I think countering it on the offensive side of the ball and taking the Heisman winning wide receiver coming out of Bama, I think that's almost a no-brainer for them. If he should fall, which I don't think he will, but once again, we're not doing trades. So without trading, Devonta Smith is going to fall, and I think the Eagles are going to take him over Waddle. I still have the Eagles take a Waddle spo. That's interesting. Um, now we have a nice little string of picks here that are going to be crazy because we have Chargers, 
followed by the Vikings, followed by the Patriots, followed by the Cardinals, wrapped up by the Raiders. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that, but I'm going to ask you first, who are the Los Angeles, no longer in San Francisco Chargers? San Diego. They used to be in San Diego. I'm saying yeah, the Los Angeles used to be San Diego Chargers. Yeah, but you said the Los Angeles used to be San Francisco Chargers. Did I? I thought I said San yeah. Diego. Yeah. <laughs> no, you said San Fran. I'm almost certain I said San Diego. I'll, I'll check. We'll listen back. Time. We'll listen to it back. And then you can put like, oh, shit, Kalen's right. <laughs> Hi, this is okay. post-edit cut. Um, Kalen's just an idiot. Uh, <laughs> or something of the sort, you know? Um <laughs> Or, is, or like Kalen was right, and I'm just being stupid. But yeah, <laughs> uh, who do you have this, the Chargers taking here at 13? This pick is kind of an interesting one because for mo- the most part, the Chargers are really sound on the defensive side of the ball. They're really sound on the offensive side of the ball. Their lines are both okay. I mean, I think here it either is going to be a cornerback or a tackler or a guard to help protect Justin Herbert a bit more, give him some more time in the pocket so that they can get those touchdowns that they need to win the games. Um, but honestly, man, right now it's down between Christian Darrison and JC Horn for me. I, I just don't know which one they're going to take, but it's probably going to be Christian Darrison, I think. See, that's where I disagree with you. I have them taking JC Horn. The Horn ah. is absolutely amazing at South Carolina. I love JC Horn as a prospect. Very, very good corner. And I have Sam. I, oh my God. Not, not even fucking Sam. Xavier. I'm saying <laughs> you it, again. Did it again. You did it again. Ah, I have the Los Angeles chargers um, taking horn because they did lose Casey Hayward this off season, which was their star corner, their main captain on defense and everything. They're going to want to start a new era. And JC horn is one of those big, no nonsense corners that you're going to want to have. And I think that'll be an amazing fit for these LA chargers. So Kalen has them taking Christian Derrissaw. I have them taking J.C. Horn. Question now becomes, Kalen, who are the Vikings taking? Once again, this is difficult, but I think an edge rusher here, I think this is where Quiddy Pay goes. I think that the Vikings defense isn't exactly the best, especially on their line, and they really couldn't get much pressure to any of the quarterbacks that they were playing this year. So I definitely think that it's got to be Quiddy Pay heading to the Vikings at pick 14. Okay. Um, Here's where it gets tough for me. I think the Vikings aren't going to fill in a need. They're going to fill in the future or to give themselves an abundance of goods. So there's option number one. They take Trey Lance to groom him behind Kirk Cousins and then either trade or let Cousins go at the end of the season. That, that's been talked about as a black horse option, dark horse, whatever you want. Could happen. I don't see it happening. Instead, in this hypothetical situation, if the Vikings see Devonta Smith on the board, they're taking Devonta Smith. Can you imagine an offense? Kirk Cousin isn't considered oh to be a clutch God. QB and everything. I get it. But imagine an but, offense of Adam yeah. Thielen, Devonta Smith, and Justin Jefferson. <laughs> I think that would be a sick selection. I have Devonta Smith in this slide I have the Vikings taking the best available talent on the board. I have them taking Devonta Smith. <laughs> but could you imagine? So listen to this. In your draft, the Eagles selected a couple picks ahead. What, two picks ahead? And yeah. they took Waddle over the Heisman-winning 
wide receivers. So wouldn't it be so funny if the Eagles missed out on another dominant receiver like DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson again in what three straight drafts? Like not saying anything against Jalen Waddle, but man, I don't know Devonta Smith. I think that if the Eagles see him on the board, they're taking him. I also think in, in at least in my situation where they, the Eagles are taking Waddle and Devonta's going to the Vikings in this situation. I think the Vikings are a perfect spot in that sense because they have Thielen, they have Jefferson. They don't need Devonta Smith to be insane out of the gate. They just need him to be solid, reliable, which he can easily do. He, they, they can literally spend the time, let him commit the rookie mistakes, develop, and then he'll be he'll be able to break out in year two or something of the sort. Eagles don't have that commodity. Jalen Waddle's going to be thrown right into the fire immediately. So that could also be a point of contention there. But yeah, I have the Vikings with the sliding Devonta Smith. Then it's a 14. Pick 15, Caleb. Patriots. The dark side of the force. <laughs> the dark is side of the force. Oh, God. They're on the clock. They're on the clock. Who are they taking? I'm going to go first on this one. Casey mentioned it again. It's like the fit. We need a Casey counter on here, you know? <laughs> it's like our third episode and we mentioned Casey so damn much. But she mentioned that the Patriots are planning on moving up to take either a QB, being either Justin Fields or Trey Lance, or to take Kyle Pitts. In this situation, one of those options did slide to them, that being Trey Lance. Though Lance is said not to be a Belichick type of quarterback, so to say. I have them taking Trey Lance here. He's an amazing QB, was great at North Dakota State University, North Dakota. And I really feel like he's going to be very, very helpful for them. Trey Lance is a Patriot, and he's going to learn under Belichick, maybe be groomed for a season under Camp Newton, tank the season a bit, then get more options next year in the draft. And we could see Trey Lance pull a Patrick Mahomes type of season explosion. Maybe not because it's the Patriot way and everything, but... I don't know. I have high hopes for Trey Lance. Who do you think is going at 15 to the Patriots, Kalen? You just said it. Trey Lance. Dude looks insane coming out of college. I don't think that re- – I mean, without doing any of the trades, he's probably with. He's probably coming to the Patriots. But since most teams are going to be trading – not most teams. Since a couple teams are going to be trading into that 7-9 to nine range, they are, he's definitely not falling this far. But Trey Lance, I think if he falls into the lap of the Patriots at 15, they're taking him. Yeah, for sure. I feel like that's a, it's a solid move, you know. Uh, Patriots are in that weird phase right now. You know, they're like, where will he go? Is it here? Is it there? Is it this? Is it that? What do they do with Cam Newton? There's a lot of ifs. Not not certainties, just a lot of ifs. Cam Newton's a bum. Cam Newton, if you're listening to this, you're a bum and you haven't been a good quarterback since you left Carolina. Whoa. That's accurate. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Calm down. <laughs> I mean, but like for real, how is this dude getting paid almost $14 million after the shitty season he had last year? Like, come on, Belichick. We know you're smarter than this. How can you, how can you let the front office that you basically control pay cam fucking newton the like old retired superman 14 million dollars when he threw what two passing touchdowns at home or something ridiculous like that 
Didn't fucking Edelman have more passing touchdowns than him last year? I don't know. Like, man. I don't know, man. Um, who knows? We're headed, we're headed to Arizona now. They're picking. Their needs, according to PFF, are tight end, corner, and defensive interior linemen. And this is where I have Greg Newsom II coming off the board to Arizona. If J.C. Horn fell to them, they would gladly snap him up. But Horn's headed to, to uh, the Chargers in my mock and Greg Newsom. Very smooth technique, good with the hands, solid in size, and was very, very consistent at Northwestern last year. One of the reasons why they were so damn good last season. I have Greg Newsom coming here to Arizona Defensive interior lineman, they could go Christian Barmore, as it's been very spoken about. It's been spoken about openly. But I don't think they're going to go Barmore, especially after losing Patrick Peterson in the secondary this offseason. I think that they're going to be taking a Greg Newsom or a corner, whoever falls to them. I just think that's the way that the Cardinals are going to go this offseason. What about you, Kalen? Who do you think they're going to do? You said it. J.C. Horn falling right into their lap. They lost Pat Pete. <laughs> They were really struggling on their corner battles last year. You saw that game against um, Buffalo where they gave up a couple big plays to Diggs that almost cost them the game. But luckily you have jump man D hop hopping up there in his Jordan gloves, snagging it down to win that game. But yeah, they definitely need some help on the defensive side of the ball. Their offense is almost everything you could ask for. Maybe a running back, but I don't see them reaching for Najee Harris this early. Speaking of reaching, we have the kings of reaching for draft prospects. The Las Vegas Raiders. Now, why do I say reaching? Is because I have them reaching here. Who are they reaching for, you may be asking. They need a corner. They need help in that secondary. And the Raiders have a very, very masterpiece, master 5D chess move type of mentality when it comes to the draft. Draft the fastest player, period, done, sign the check, it's over. Who's the fastest corner here? I'm pretty sure the one that ran the fastest 40 at their pro day, Eric Stokes, cornerback out of Georgia. I'm pretty sure he's projected to be a third-round pick or something of the sort. But he ran a 4.25 unofficial 40. He's blazing fast at that corner position. I'm almost certain that they're going to take Eric Stokes, who's projected, according to PFF, to go 72nd in the draft. Yeah, I was just I have about to say that. Eric Stokes at 17. Call it a bad pick by me. But I don't know who the Raiders are going to take. I have no clue. But one thing's for certain, they're going to be looking at speed. And I also think they're going to reach for a prospect. And I think Eric Stokes, who fits that position of need, is going to be headed to Las Vegas. See, I also think that a cornerback is coming but you're also one cornerback ahead of me so your last pick is my new pick greg newsom the second is heading to the las vegas raiders yeah that you see that's the logical pick but this is the raiders the raiders see like you said at the start i just started watching football so don't really know what team's tendencies are like edmonton oilers they like to draft bust at the first overall pick <laughs> uh so yeah Boston likes to select three players right in a row, and then they all turn out to be garbage. So I'm more familiar with the NHL draft, but I'm on the NFL draft right now, so we're, we're working at it. 
when we reach the NHL draft, we'll see how my knowledge of oh baby are. can't wait that for that. Be fun. Cannot wait for that. June, <laughs> June, June, June. That's gonna be fun to see. Fun, fun, fun. Um, but yeah, to tell you what the Raiders do historically, they either pick a the biggest name, b the funniest or like most eye-catching name, or they pick the fastest player. The, the main example, I think, is Darius Hayward Bay was a third-round touted wide receiver. They took him sixth overall because he ran the fastest 40th time at the combine. <laughs> that looks like you're playing like Madden and you're just looking at one single Speed. stat. And it's like, yes! They picked uh, Cleland Farrell, or Farrell. They picked Cleland Farrell fourth overall when he was touted to go either at the bottom of the first round or early second round, Right. There's that move by there. That was like two years ago, by the way. It wasn't even like a long time ago. It's what the Raiders do. Last year, they picked Damon Arnett, who was like a second, third round corner around 20th because he was a flashy name from OSU. So this year, I was torn between Eric Stokes, maybe them even taking Christian Barmore because he's a big name from a big university. Or the other guy, which is, I think, the guy with the coolest name in the draft, I thought maybe that the Raiders would be taking Divine Diablo. <laughs> Imagine how many Raiders jerseys would sell when it says Diablo on the back and it's an actual player. And Buddy's ranked 99th. I'm not going to lie. If the Titans, for whatever reason, later in the draft, get Divine Diablo, he's going to be one of my favorite <laughs> players. Like, it's a cool name. He seems like a very nice guy. He's a good team fit for a lot of guys because, yeah, some teams don't need safeties and whatnot. But you can you don't you can never not have enough like secondary help, especially in such a pass oriented league. And having a guy named Diablo, if he turns out to be sick, can you, I would buy a Divine Diablo jersey. If he turns out to be a good player in the NFL, or if he gets drafted to the Titans or both, um, I'll 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 get a Divine Diablo jersey just because his last name's Diablo. <laughs> I think that would be pretty sick. We're headed on to pick 18, the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins. Yeah, that's whatever they say in the stadium. Uh, Miami picks here, needs of offensive line or defensive line, specifically defensive interior or edge. Right now, Christian Barmore is ranked to be the highest defensive interior lineman. There's also Christian Darasaw that's been spoken about. But here... He's in their backyard and it hurts me so much to say it because I love him as a prospect, but I'm torn between the Dolphins either taking Jalen Phillips, who I absolutely adore, or them taking Aziz Ojulari, who's an amazing edge rusher from the University of Georgia. I think the Dolphins are going to take a risk here and I don't think the Dolphins would forgive themselves if they didn't pick the guy in their literal backyard from the University of Miami. If Greg Rousseau is here, you could make the case, which in my situation, Greg Rousseau is here. But Jalen Phillips is more explosive, more of a boomer bust, and the Dolphins can afford to get that. As much as it hurts me to say this because of my dislike for the Miami Dolphins, Jalen Phillips is headed to South Beach at pick 18 for me. What about you, Kalen? Who do you think is headed to Miami? See, it's funny. I still have Jalen Waddle up on the board. So Miami could put, like, if he falls there, they could get Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle and make that receiving core absolutely nasty on top of what it already is. You think they're going to do it? No, I don't think so. Um, I think they're going to take Christian Barmore. 
get some help on that D-line, be able to get more pressure to quarterback, hopefully do what they did to Patrick Mahomes and chase him all the way back to his own end zone and sack him another time or two this year. So, yeah, Christian Barmore, dude looks like a beast coming out of Bama. I mean, what player doesn't look like a beast coming out of Bama? Let's be honest. But it ha- I think it has to be Christian Barmore. Yeah, talking about big-name teams, the Washington Redacteds, also known as the Washington football team, are on the clock now, and they have the need of a QB, which I don't think they're reaching here. Tight end, not many up here. And then there's offensive tackle, linebacker, and wide receiver. Now, those are off of their needs. I'm almost certain I know who you're gonna who you think they're gonna take in this situation in your hypothetical draft. So, Kalen, who are they taking here? This is a bit difficult for me. How is it difficult? <laughs> Answer smack dab in your face. Jalen Waddle. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. The the WFT, they need another wide receiver because Terry McLaurin is literally on an island for them. Jalen Waddle would, would give good support for him, and that's what you like to see. I, on the other hand, am not so lucky to just have such a blatant answer in front of me, right? So they need linebacker. They need help in that aspect. And what more than a linebacker safety hybrid considered to be one of the best players in this draft, potentially on the defensive side, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Linebacker can also play safety. A lot of people are like, why would he play safety? One, he's very fast. Two, he's athletic. And three, he has literally the same build as a Jamal Adams. They're the same height, and they're literally only two pounds of difference from when they got drafted, right? So it's very funny to me because of that aspect. But JOK, I think, is going to be an okay fit in WFT. He's going to Washington, in my opinion. Wow, you're so funny. I'm hilarious. I deserve a, a Nobel Prize in humor. Uh, that's what I deserve. <laughs> We're headed to pick 20. We're over halfway through the draft now. Um, Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Chicago Bears are on the clock. Now, before his meteoric nonsensical rise to the top, Mac Jones was projected to go around here. Instead, the question is, are Chicago going to move up? Are they going to move down? Or what are they going to do? If they're still with 20, they're not taking QB. Like, why would they take Kyle Trask at 20? Guy's a literal pole. You don't want to see that in modern-day NFL. I have the Bears potentially moving up, but in the situation where there are no trades, you take whatever is given to you. They need tackles. They need to protect the Red Rifle or whoever they have on, on there. They, are, they still have a sick defense. It still says they need a corner, but you need to protect your QB, whether it's the Red Rifle this season, a random guy that they're able to pick up that turns out to be a stud, or maybe next year in the first round when they, inev- when they inevitably pick up QB next year. They're going to have to protect them. This is where Christian Darasaw comes off the board for Chicago. That's how I think it's going to turn out. He's a solid offensive tackle. Um, I think that he isn't the best one. Not at all. Rashad Slater's miles better than him. Penny Sewell is miles better than him. But I see them taking him. And I see them taking uh, Christian Darasaw in this situation. What about you? I also have them protecting their... Future quarterback, their quarterback of the now, the Red Rifle. I mean, if you can call him a quarterback still, that's a bit debatable. But Elijah Vera Tucker, USC, is coming off the board, 21st rank, going to the Chicago Bears. Yeah, that's a good selection. We're headed to the city I hate, 
Indianapolis, just kidding, Indy. I actually went to visit Indianapolis for universities and check out everything. Indy's a very beautiful city, but I don't like the Colts, okay? They're the rivals of my beloved Titans, and they also pick right before my beloved Titans. I love my Titans so damn much. But the Colts are not known for picking the flashiest player or the best player. They're known for picking the smartest player. They always pick to their needs, and that guy always develops. They need a tackle or a guard after the retirement of Anthony Costanzo. And I have them taken Elijah Vera Tucker here to protect whoever the hell they have under center. I think it makes the most sense. And I think the Colts make that move to protect Elijah Vera Tucker. Wentz, I'm not, I'm not huge on him as a QB, but if you give him good protection, which seems like Elijah Vera Tucker seems to be just that, um, he seems to maybe... I have a solid season. It hurts to say it because I honestly don't think Carson Wentz is going to have a good season. But if the Colts hope for him to do well, they either A, got to get wide receivers or B, get help on the offensive line. And I think their best bet, especially with how they've developed talent, is to get talent on that offensive line. Who do you think is going at 21, Kalen? Uh, I think it has to be offensive line because you can put as many wide receivers out on the out wide as you can, as you want to. But if you don't have an offensive line to protect your bum of a quarterback, then you're not going to be able to get the passes off and win the game. So I think this is where Tevin Jenkins comes off the board, ranked 31st, Mm. coming from OSU. Seen a little bit of his game tape. I've seen a bit of his game tape, and he looks like a beast. Kalen knows how much I like Tevin Jenkins. He knows how much I like Tevin. He's a great player. I'm very high on him in that sense, so that's good to see. Very sad that he goes to the Colts because they're the Colts and they're my rivals, but he's a great player. Speaking of teams needing offensive line, the beloved Tennessee Titans, they're on the board now. Um, Who are they taking? Who do I want them to take? I want Jaylen them to take Phillips. Jalen Phillips. I've been <laughs> on this all offseason because I love Jalen Phillips. He's not here in my mock. Added to that as well, Greg Rousseau's on there. Again, I don't think they would go Greg Rousseau. I don't think they're going D-line. If they're going anywhere, they're going wide receiver or secondary. Because, sure, it says we need help on the offensive line. We do in a sense, but knowing the Titans, we're not drafting offensive line until late in the draft, or we just feel confident with the group of guys we already have. Titans need secondary. They need a corner. And the Titans are also known for taking risks on guys that are with injuries and everything. We saw it with Jeffrey Simmons, who turned out to be an absolute beast for the Titans. He was touted to be a top 10 talent, but because of his injuries, he slid to 19. Same thing happening here with Caleb Farley. He's sliding to 22, and Caleb Farley is headed to Tennessee. The pick here could be Caleb Farley, but it can also be Elijah Moore, just to put out there. But for me, in my humble opinion, They're taking Caleb Farley here. It just makes the most sense for them. I think that's just the way it's going to turn out, and that's just the way it's going to be. Who do you think my beloved Tennessee Titans are taking here, Mr. Caleb? I think they're also going to stick to a cornerback, but he's coming out of Florida State University. Asante, is that how I say that? Asante Samuel Jr. Asante going this early, yo, that's Yeah, I think that the Titans like him. I mean, he's a bit small. But his defensive game is really sound. Uh, He only allowed 179 yards into his coverage last season, which is 
crazy. So, yeah, Asante Samuel Jr. is heading to your beloved Titans. My beloved Tennessee Titans. As my, the thing is, okay, so it's funny because my parents bully me for saying my Titans, and they're like, oh, do you have a stake in the team or something like that? Like, is that why you say it? You think Go buy they, a single stock of the Tennessee Titans and being like, yeah. Bro, if I have enough money, I would, I would love to buy a stock of the Titans just to say I'm an owner of the Titans to an extent, you know? I would love that. But I don't know. Here the Titans are going to go, Caleb Farley. We now have the Jets. They have their second pick here in the draft. QB still in need, even though they took Zach Wilson. That's just how PFF is structured. They need defensive line, guards on offense or corners. And here they are going to take Gregory Rousseau. Have the Jets taking Gregory Rousseau. Caleb's on the guy. They need help on the edge. And Rousseau is a really good uh, guy. He's sliding in this draft, but I think the Jets, if they have brain cells, will take him. What do you think? It's the Jets. Um, Exactly. I'm going to break your heart here, Julian. Also, another edge rusher out of the University of Miami going to the New York Jets, Mr. Jalen Phillips. Yeah, Kalen has my Titans passing on Jalen. They'll probably pass on Jalen if he's there, if I'm going to be honest with you. It just seems like the Titans move. I love Jalen. I would love him in Tennessee. I will buy a jersey for him, anything, because I'm very hyped, and I think he's going to be one of the best players in this draft class. But the Titans are going to go corner. And in all honesty, Jalen Phillips to New York would be a very good pickup for them. They're not in the same position, as I said, with the Dolphins, where they can afford a boomer bust prospect because they are that bad. But – if Phillips is everything I think he's going to be, I think it would be a good selection for him to go at 23. We head to Pittsburgh now. Pittsburgh. Oh, this is this is my Colts. These are my Colts. I hate the Steelers with a passion. No, the team I might dislike the most are the Dolphins, but compared to the Colts, one, they have a likable team this year. And secondly, okay, so I don't have to face them Dolphins. twice a year. I don't have to face them two times a year. So that's why the Colts are the default hated team, but I don't like the Dolphins more, but I know what you mean. Steelers, they are, there's the smart Steelers and there's the usual Steelers. What do I mean by that? Smart Steelers are the dudes that say, okay, we need to protect our quarterback because our line was horrible last year and almost everyone retired that was decent or left. We need a QB, but there's no QBs here. So it makes sense for us to take tackle this year and then trade up next year to get a top QB, right? That's what a smart person would think, right? Correct, Mm -hmm. Kalen? But these are the Steelers. And what's one thing that Steelers fans and the Steelers organization have in common? They find a scapegoat. Yeah, they find a scapegoat. (laughs) They find a scapegoat and swear that they're one piece away from winning a Super Bowl. The scapegoat last year was James Conner because their running attack was horrible despite having a failing offensive line when it came to the run. Correct? Correct. So instead of going for an Alex Leatherwood or someone of that sort, Alex Leatherwood is an amazing player. Walker Little would be a great pickup for them. Tevin Jenkins is still on the board, and I love him as an option. Instead of being smart about it, right, the Steelers are saying, you know what? We need a running back. And you think they're reaching for Najee Harris They're taking Najee Harris at 24. (laughs) Najee Harris has expressed interest in the Steelers. And combined that. God knows why. 
I don't know. But he said he would love to play for the Steelers. Plus, the Steelers are, according to their eyes, a one running back away from winning a championship because the answer was not James Conner, despite their offensive they're like, line. They're like the Toronto Maple Leafs of the NFL. They're always one piece away from winning the championship, okay? Except that one piece is every piece. Yeah, one piece at every position, and then we can win the championship. Yeah, no, but I have them, I have them reaching here. It's not as drastic of a reach as I had the no. Raiders pulling. No, but, God, no. But they're taking Najee Harris, in my opinion, here. I just think the Steelers will take him. See, we're on kind of the same wavelength, but I'm not going with a running back. I'm going with a wide receiver. The Steelers are going to take Rashad Bateman coming out of Minnesota. They're thinking, man, we got Claypool. We got Juju. We got our TikTok squad. So if we can get Rashad Bateman in here, play the slot, maybe play they a bit on the Deontay outside. Johnson. They also got Deontay Johnson. They're going to have this four-team receiving core, or four-player receiving core that they think is the tops in the league, even though it's not. But we'll let them think it is. And they're like, yeah, we're winning now. Our defense is good. Big Ben's still the QB he was seven years ago. He's not. <laughs> but they're going with Rashad Bateman at the 24th See, pick. That would be good logic if they, A, had a solid offensive line, and B, had a young quarterback. Because yeah. that is a good wide receiver tandem. Don't get me wrong. I like I don't hate the Steelers as much as Kalen. I just don't like some of their fans in that sense. But a wide receiver core of Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, and then you add to that Rashad Bateman, that would be a very good wide receiver core. That would be very, very good. And he any QB would basically be blessed to have those type of receivers at their disposal, which I don't think you can disagree with. But when your offensive line is as bad as it is, and Big Ben is a very fight or flight type of quarterback, despite being so big, we saw last year when they were playing it short all the time and everything, when he was trying to restrict himself to that system, you could see that the Steelers' offense was working. But Big Ben is a gunslinger. He's always going to stand in the pocket, use his size to wait for time. He's not athletic. He's getting, he's getting more injury prone. He's getting older. He's getting fatter. Exactly. And he, he throws his teammates under the bus, creating a very toxic environment. Happened with James Conner. That's why I haven't taken Najee Harris because they need a running back. But if they go wide receiver, it's not going to solve the basic problem that they, one, need to invest in the QB of the future, or two, need to invest in that offensive line, which I don't think they're going to do either. I haven't taken Najee Harris. Kalen thinks along the same lines, but he hasn't taken wide receiver instead of running back and taking Rashad Bateman. We're headed to Jacksonville, another team I'm not very fond of, but that's because they're rivals of my Titans. Um, the Jaguars are on here, and the question becomes, do they pick options for Trevor Lawrence, or do they pick to protect their young star? What do you think they're going to do, Kalen? I already think that they have a fairly decent receiving core with DJ Chark, and they have a couple other guys in there. I don't really know their names. I'm not too familiar with the Jags, but I think the big position need for them is safety. And a safety that we had that I haven't had come off the board, and I don't think you have either. 16th ranked Trevin yeah. Mo- Morig, 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 coming from TCU. Dude is an animal. Like he's there's so much that you can say about him. Like six foot two, 202 pounds, great size. I think that he's going to be able to come into Jacksonville and be able to make a difference, especially where their defense isn't the best. Like, I mean, 
another smart pick here would probably be taking an offensive lineman to protect Trevor Lawrence, but I think they're going to take it on the defensive defensive side of the ball and take Trevor Morig. Yeah, I have him protecting the offensive line, and as I said, I didn't want to see this guy on the Colts because I didn't want him defending my defensive line, but based off of the Jaguars getting Urban Meyer, knowing that it's important to protect the QB, especially one as talented as Trevor Lawrence, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars taken. Tevin Jenkins here, great offensive lineman. I'm very high on Tevin Jenkins. A lot of I think he could be, talent-wise, the second-best tackle in this draft. I really do think that. I think he's a better option than Rashawn Slater. But teams have Rashawn Slater, Elijah Vera Tucker, Christian Darasaw, and obviously Penisuel, all above Tevin Jenkins. I think the only one of those that is better than Tevin Jenkins is Penisuel. So I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to get an absolute steal here on their offensive line to protect their boy, Trevor Lawrence. We're headed to Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland. They need help on the defensive front seven. They already have a sick partnership with, uh, what's it called, Miles Garrett. And who else? They brought in someone this offseason on the offense. Oh, they brought in Jadavian Clowney, Mr. No Sacks yeah. himself. Um, but he's a very good run stopper, and he's also he's solid at getting pressure, but he never finishes. He's a Robin player, not a Batman player, and you're paying him like a Batman. I believe this even when he was on the Titans before he got signed. I think he's a Robin player. He's a good player, but he's not a Batman that gets you the sacks. Miles Garrett is. So if you want to free up Clowney, you want to get a dude that can stuff the middle, which is why after they released Sheldon Richardson this offseason, I have Christian Barmore finally coming off the board and headed to Cleveland. That's how I see it here. Barmore, great player, amazing during the playoffs, so to say. I think he's going here to Cleveland. What do you think, Kalen? So I think the Browns pick 26, pick before my Ravens, divisional rivals, arguably the two top teams in the AFC North for next season. I think they're going to need some help at the linebacker position. 19th ranked, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. J-O-K. J-O-K, that's what we're going by, J-O-K. Dude, he's, he's a beast. 221-pound linebacker. Those aren't really heard of, but he's still very athletic. So I think that he's going to be a good fit into this Browns defense. Yeah, I think he's going to be a very, very good player. I mentioned it earlier. I had him going to Washington, and he would be a great fit for Cleveland. So we're leaving the, the ball in your court now. Pick 27, Baltimore Ravens. Who are they taking? Well, I wanted them. I really liked Rashad Bateman. But, you know, I think the dirty bastard Steelers are going to fucking take him. But, you know, so I think it's got to be 22nd ranked. Elijah Moore will be coming off the board because they're going to have to get Lamar some wide receiver help. They pick four picks later. So I think I already have a good idea of who they're going to take there. I'll say that in four picks. But Elijah Moore, good receiver coming out of Mississippi. Um exciting to watch and it gives Lamar even more options on the offense even though we already had Dobbins, Brown, Sneed, uh, he'll have Watkins this year, uh, add Gus Bust in the backfield so, and he can also leg it out himself so I think this is a good pick for the Ravens especially considering they were one of the worst passing teams this past season. That's fair to say I do have them taking Rashad Bateman. He's still on the board for me. I know how much you like Rashad Bateman. And again, they need help for Lamar. Marquise Brown hasn't exactly worked out yet. I'm not, I'm not even giving up hope on the guy, but he hasn't worked out yet. They're I think once you get receiver. him into a, 
I think he once you get him into another position, not another position, but like a different position where he's not like relied on as much as he has been. And once you get more receivers around him, I think he's going to shine more, especially since he is just a young guy. He just got drafted two years ago. Yeah. So. I have I have the Ravens taking Rashad Bateman. It just makes too much sense. They need wide, wide receiver is too big of a need for them to pass on him. Yeah. Edge and tackle are good needs for them as well, but they really, really, really need wide receiver help for a guy like Lamar. So honestly, I, I could see Gre- a guy like Gregory Russo falling to my Ravens, and I would want them to pick him so badly, so badly. Like I know our defense is already pretty killer. We have two of the best cornerbacks. So, yeah. All right. Well, now we had to pick twenty-eight. New Orleans Saints, or the Aints. Now they. It says their need isn't QB, but some people are making the case. I don't think they need a QB. What they need Taysom is some hell is Jameis Winston are not the guys though. I, th- I think Winston could be the guy, honestly. I- I'm still, I still have faith in Jameis Winston, uh, especially under Sean Payton. I still have faith. You got to have faith. <laughs> but yeah, here, I think the Saints, a team that needs talent all around, they need help where they can, in the sense that they're over the salary cap, they're going to be cutting a lot of dudes, trading a lot of dudes, trying to get younger, trying to get those contracts. I think they're taking the best player on the board. I have them taking Trevon Morig uh, here. Best safety in the draft, it seems. Amazing player out of TCU. And I think he would be a great fit in that Sean Payton defense. Uh, who do you think the Saints are going to be taking at 28? See, I'm kind of bouncing between two options here right now. Um, it says their needs are wide receiver, linebacker, and cornerback. Um, arguably debatable that they don't need an entire defense, an entire offense, but that's not my column. I don't work for PFF. Um, I have Caleb Farley, Virginia Tech up here still, but I also have Terrace Marshall Jr., LSU, which would be a great fit for that Sean Payton offense, especially trying to take some – uh, some pressure, some pressure. That's the word I'm fucking looking for. Some pressure off of Michael Thomas, slant man, slant boy, whatever you want to call him, so that he can hopefully receive some more passes and be able to actually hang on to the ball without being hounded on by every single defender on their on the opposing team. But Marshall, he's racked up 23 touchdowns on 94 catches in the past two seasons. So you so, have... You have the the Saints taking yeah. Terrence Marshall, Terrence Marshall Jr. Interesting. That's a good pickup, honestly. But it's a great pickup. That would be a good move. I'm I'm very curious to how the Saints are going to do this season. You know, I think they're still going to be a playoff team. They're not going to make the Super Bowl, no. but I think they're going to be a playoff team. I they're not so. a playoff team. Let's compare it this way. I think they're going to be enough for the wild card because the Falcons aren't going to be a playoff team. Panthers aren't going to be a playoff team. You have the Saints. Saints are going to be finishing third in that division. Well, we'll talk more about that once we cover the rankings after the draft. So stay tuned. We're going to be ranking the the, the draft, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, okay, we, we should do, I don't know, for those listening, give us suggestions, but we're planning on doing potentially a draft, you know, like a draft review after the draft. We plan on doing uh, way Post-draft too- Post-draft draft review. 
Yeah, post-draft draft review, we're planning on potentially doing a way too early, um, like, standings. I think we've already done those, though, in our one of our first two No, episodes. we didn't. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't do the, uh, the rankings yet. Um, but, yeah, we'll see how that turns out, and we will see how – how these teams stack up. We already know Kalen thinks they're finishing third. We'll see who he has coming second or first. Moving on to the 29th pick now, though. It's Green Bay. And there's one thing that the Green Bay management seems to love doing. It's pissing off Aaron Rodgers and not giving him options on the receiving end in the first round, which is why, despite wide receiver being such a major need for them, I have them going corner or safety. Hmm. Nah, but yeah, I'm going to have them going safety in this situation. It's weird to say. Because they could go corner. They could go safety. I have them going secondary or on the defensive side. I don't have any clue that they're going to go offense in this. They just don't like giving uh, Aaron Rodgers weapons in the first round. I have them taking Elijah Molden safety out of the University of Washington. Molden was a very good safety for the Huskies. He's a good prospect all around. And I feel like he'll definitely benefit in a Green Bay Packers defense, especially with Jair Alexander at the corner spot in front of him. I think he's going to do well as a deep lying safety. He seems to fit that role and he seems to fit the Packers mentality when it comes to how they play on defense. What do you think they're taking, Kalen? <sighs> All right. I don't think that wide receiver is as big of a need as everyone's making it out to be. You have Devontae Adams, arguably the best receiver in the league last year. You have Alan Lazard. Is it Alan Lazard? Yes, Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard. That sounds weird, and I don't know why. And then you have the Robert Tanyan, the tight end. Then you have Valdez Scaling. I think that's a great receiving core right there. Three good receivers, a good tight end. So I don't really know why people are complaining too much about the wide receiver position for this team. I think it's really the cornerback position that fucked them in the playoffs. Um, whatever that guy's name, King of some sorts. Kevin how King. does he have it? Kevin King. How does he have a job after his performance that basically choked away the NFC championship for him? So they're going with Caleb Farley here, ranked 23rd, coming out of Virginia Tech. They need some help at the cornerback position, and that's where they're going to get it. Yeah, it sounds like a good move. Um, the Bills now, Buffalo, the ones closest to the Canadians, so to say. Hey. Buffalo, it's there. Kalen, as our resident Canadian on this podcast, <laughs> what do you think the Bills Sorry, are Sorry, don't call me a resident Canadian. Call me the Canadian resident. I think that fits better. <laughs> I guess, as the Canadian resident on this podcast, who do you think is going 30th? 30th I think one of the biggest struggles that the Bills had last year was definitely on defense or offense it was great I mean actually you know what I think this is where the Bills reach all the way down where the fuck is he oh my god how far do I have to scroll there he is why wow okay 65th ranked running back out of Alabama Najee Harris I think that having Singletary isn't exactly the best option for them. So I think they're going to reach down and take the best running back in this draft. I think they're addressing their defensive line here. If you want to, if you have such a rocket offense, you want to have an explosive defense as well. They had a lot of injuries last year. Could be seen that way, but I don't think there's enough people to not, there's not any team in the league that doesn't have enough people to go after the quarterback 
And I think the Bills have a solid defensive line and they can get Aziz Ojulari to help them out, so to say. He's a good player. He's very athletic. He's an absolute beast, especially when it comes to exploding off of the line. But he's he's still relatively raw. I feel like him going to Buffalo, it gives him a chance to develop. It gives him a chance to become a better player. And I feel like in one or two years, once the Bills players have fully matured and everything, I feel like he'll definitely give him a run for the money to maybe challenge for that Super Bowl. You know, who knows? And as we saw with the, with the horrible offensive line, it seems now the Chiefs need to avoid teams that have sick pass rushes. And it seems like the Bills are set. Well, to- they've already picked a couple fucking decent linemen up. Exactly. So why not add Aziz Ojolari, who's explosive, young, and hungry as well? If you're going after yeah, Patrick no, Mahomes, no, it helps. Makes That's sense. How I 100% see it. makes sense. I haven't taken Aziz Ojolari. We're headed back to Baltimore. Ravens My boys. Up again. Kalen. See, who are they taking? We talked about him a little earlier. Neither of us have drafted him. He is a tackle. I believe he's coming out of Alabama. He is. 40th ranked. Alex Leatherwood going to the Baltimore Ravens. Dude looks like a beast. Whoa. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I drafted him, and I'm looking at Tampa Bay. Needs safety, defensive interior. You be quarterback. <laughs> you have arguably the greatest quarterback to ever play the game, and you're going to have the audacity to say that they need a quarterback? I mean, yeah, a quarterback of the future, but, like, right now, no, it's not a need for them. Yeah, that's just how it is. That's how PFF is sometimes. Sometimes they're dead on, sometimes they're not. But I'm going to disagree with you there. I think they're doubling down on wide receiver when it comes here. I I think they're going to double down. Do I think they should? No. Do I think they will? Yes. And in this situation... they won't. They just traded away Orlando Brown. They had a lot of injuries on the line. They have to go with a wide receiver and then a lineman. Whether it's Leatherwood or Little or... Rat Radunes, Radons, Radons. Yeah, but I think they can get one of these guys in the second round. Uh, I don't so, think so. So what does that mean for me? I think they're going receiver. And it's tough because there are Elijah Moore still on my board. Terrace Marshall Jr. still on my board. Rondell Moore is still on my board. Kadarius Tony, who's been linked to the Ravens, is still on the board for me. But for me, I haven't taken Terrace Marshall junior he's a good wide receiver great option at lsu and i think it would be a good fit in an offense uh, imagine bringing you still have marquise brown and you're also bringing in rashad bateman and then you're bringing in terrace marshall jr at least based off my mock three very young receivers with a young qb in lamar jackson and that sammy could be very watkins. boom but it could also be very bust and you so, have sammy watkins just trying to step into a bigger role here in baltimore exactly so it's going to be fun to see but now we have the depending depending Dun, the dun, depending dun, champions. Depending. <laughs> I'm depending on the fact that Tampa chokes this season away, but the defending champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, are on the clock now. Kalen, despite their need saying QB, who are they going to take here? Who do you think? Honestly, I don't know. I think this is one of the toughest picks in the entire draft because yep. they were just such a well-rounded team last year. Like, they just brought Gronk back. They have the entire, like, offense is basically set. They don't really need linemen. Their quarterbacks are great. Their defensive line is great. Their linebackers are great. I think, really, the only position 
that they need to address, and even then that's kind of iffy, is safety. So just for that sake, I'm going to take Elijah Molden here with the 32nd pick, the last pick of the first round coming out of the University of Washington. It's a fair assessment. I have the Buccaneers saying, you know what? We have an old QB, one that we still need to protect. So let's pick a guy to protect our Tom Brady, who can also stay here long enough to protect the guy who is the apprentice of Tom Brady. This is where I have Alex Leatherwood coming off of the board. Please, no, not to Tampa. I have Please let them have the biggest bust in the entire draft. No, I have him, I have him going to Tampa. It is what it is. It's kind of sad in a sense, but I'm almost certain that that's how it's going to turn out. I think that's just how it's going to be with Tampa, and we'll see how it ends up turning out. So the draft is over. We'll be posting our results, our picks, all of that aspect. We'll be posting it on our Instagram, and we'll also be posting it on our Twitter. Uh, go check it out, Cags to Riches on Twitter, Cags to Riches on Instagram. That's the end of today's episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Cags to Riches. I am Coach Q, joined as always by Kaylin, probably translucent in the light, Roberts. Thank you so much, and as always, we'll be seeing y'all for the next one. Peace out, motherfuckers. Rattlesnake Gold.